Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount+. Hello and welcome to First Time Dads. I'm Richard Innes. And I'm Steve Mile. And this week we have double Olympic gold medalist Alex Gregory. Mm. Welcome, Alex. Thanks for having me. Alex, you're a dad of three And kids. a rower. Right. We should say as well, like in terms of just people knowing <laughs> what you got your gold medals in. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, we have Alex here. Alex, I am a very tall man, I'm six foot five. I'm not. Um, Steve is a little a little shorter than me. Um, and this is one of the first times in quite a time when I walked into a room and had to look up at the person <laughs> I'm meeting. Alex, you're an enormous human being um, in remarkably good shape, making Steve and I feel terribly awful about the way we look and, <laughs> um, and feel, no doubt. Um, but you're, so your Olympic gold medals were in, in rowing, correct? That is correct. But I'll, 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 say that, I'll say right now it's swiftly going downhill because I haven't rowed for a couple of years. Oh, really? Okay. So it's still tailing off, yeah. Right. <laughs> and now, of course, as Steve was alluding to, um, more, of a, more of a dad than a rower. That's it, exactly. Yeah. And, and Alex got a book out called Dad Ventures. Correct. Which the, you will correct me off this, but the general premise is that um, it's things to do with your kids to get you outside. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly it. It's a kind of a guide for parents to do stuff outdoors with their kids. Mm-hmm. So why did, you, why did you do the book? Well... I well first of all when I stopped rowing couple, two years ago after the Rio Olympics crossed the line there that was it, it for me I was done and I loved the first six months of the freedom I, I, I've been told where to be and what to do my whole life and then suddenly I had freedom flexibility to do anything I wanted but I didn't know what I wanted to do I had not set up a future uh, but I've always enjoyed writing I wrote a blog when I was rowing and about what we were doing and where we were going and all that sort of stuff and uh, and the opportunity came came up to have a chat with someone about writing a book, and uh, it was a for me it was just a great opportunity to try something different. Mm. Was mm. the book was the book always going to be about being a parent, being a dad, that type of thing, or was it was, did it start out as maybe this should be about your experiences as a, as an athlete, or and then move into the dad thing? Or? No, I think it was always going to be it was always not going to be about being an athlete. There's so many, you know, I was one one bloke in a boat before. No one knows. Who, I'm not Mo Farah, Jess Ennis. No one would buy my book <laughs> without my <laughs> athletic. Yeah, uh, there's a PR somewhere going. Alex, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but but what I what I what I feel most passionately about. Uh, is my life as as a parent now and, and and the outdoors is something that's always been involved in my life it's always been a part of my life it's always been an interest to me mm. so it was it was a an obvious subject for me to talk about mm. and you have three kids yes yeah do you want to talk and their ages are they are Jasper's nine Daisy's five and Jesse the young our youngest boy is two so as, as Steve was saying before we yeah. started recording, you're right in the middle of it, essentially. That there's, it's, it's all go, I would imagine. Feels like it's it. All. Well, <laughs> might be a bit of a personal question. Is this it? Is, 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 Jesse, is Jesse the last one? Are you, are you? We have had numerous conversations. <laughs> or I, I have had numerous conversations about this. Yeah, it's absolutely. You set your stool out. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there is not enough hands. There's not, no. as, anyone, as anyone knows... With two, yeah. never mind three, never mind four, five. I just don't understand how people do it with more yeah. than three. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're, we're, you know, man-marking them. 
yeah. my two at the moment, which are, uh, you know. And then you have to go zonal each. when you get to three. Yeah, exactly. When you get to three, <laughs> there's always one. There's always one missing out on something. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, and and usually, actually, we've found that usually it's, a, it's our eldest who kind of, the, all the interesting things he gets, he, he's old enough now. He's, he's like a, in our eyes, he's a teenager. Yeah. He's old enough now to dress himself, look after himself, re, do, do his own stuff. So we leave him and let him take it home. We have to keep checking ourselves. Well, actually, he's still a little boy. Mm. He's still a little lad. Just because we've got younger ones doesn't mean that he is. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting because, I, I mean, I'm one of four. So like, there were, it was bedlam in my house when we were growing up. But it's interesting that the the oldest one is the one that gets kind of pushed into into a kind of teenage life, I suppose, quicker than you know. If you're the, if you're the youngest, you almost get held back, don't you? Because you're the cute one, you're the little one, you're the baby. Yeah. And if you're the oldest one, it's like, come on, come on, grow up. You need to look after your little brothers and sisters, and you know, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, forced to grow up. Well, yeah, mm. we ask. I mean, we're already asking quite a lot of. Jackson, he's only two and a half, and this morning I was, you know, trying to leave the house in in as calm a state as possible. And I had a little chat to him, said, "You're going to be helpful today. You're going to help Mummy look after Iris. You know, helpful is what I want to hear." And he's like, he said to me, "Because today is going to be a good day, Daddy." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's two and a half, man. He obviously appreciates when I get home from work. Has it been a good day? Well, that's what I say to my wife. How's the day been? Has it been a good day? Um, but yeah, we're asking him to do stuff, and I, you know, just. Yes. Ben, ben, my boy, is, is he's not even 20 months yet and he's already figured out how to get the broom out of the cupboard and do the sweeping. Good. So, I mean, there's a part of me well. kind of like applauding this and a part of me thinking... Something that his dad probably, yeah, can't do. This would probably, yeah, <laughs> it probably wouldn't look great if somebody came in. I've got my son who, you know, has only been walking for six months, like literally sweeping the kitchen yeah. floor, but as he seems to not, enjoy it. So. As long as you're not sending him up the chimney. Not yet, not yet, not yet yeah. <laughs> Give it six months. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Alex, you were... You were pretty intensive training i guess while you were becoming a father yeah that's so right. how did you manage that because that modern fatherhood dictates or requires that you're present father as much as, as possible and and most of us sort of welcome that but when you've got a job which i guess takes you to unsocial hours and unsocial places and yeah. you know how do you manage that yeah i'm i'm I, I mean there's there's numerous things to this first of all when we first found out we were having jasper a, a, it was not exactly planned, but n- never at no point was it a bad thing. But it was it was a shock to start with, and I was terrified, absolutely terrified. How old were you? Of telling my coach, I was twenty five. I was terrified of telling my coach that um, we were going to have a child because I thought that I was just getting. I'd been in the sport for eight years. I was just getting good. I'd had years and years of absolute failure, disaster after disaster, and I just turned a corner. And I was, I could see the future in the sport. And then we found out we were having Jasper and I thought he was going to chuck me out. I thought he was going to think that I wasn't committed to the sport, that I wasn't taking this seriously, wow. uh, that I was going to be distracted. And it took me six months to build up the courage to, to sit down with Jürgen Grobler, the great Jürgen Grobler. He's the most, what, I think, one of the most successful sports coaches in the world. He's never not won an Olympic gold medal. He's now won 12 Olympic gold medals. My God. 50, 50 years of success. This guy knows what he's talking about. And it took me six months to build up the courage to have a meeting with him. And I sat down with him. And I said, Jürgen, I couldn't get the words out. And he said, what? What, Alex? This deep German accent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a dad. And he leaned over the table, gave me a big slap on the shoulder with a, a twinkle in his eyes. Only he can. And he said, that's the best news I've ever heard, Alex. 
and he he foresaw something that I couldn't see at that time mm. he saw that uh, it was going to be a good thing for me it was going to stabilize me I was going to be a I was he already knew I was a committed athlete but he knew I was a, now a committed family man I mm. was it was going to help me sort of mentally and, and physically in my approach to training because it was going to give me two different sides of life. And it absolutely did. Mm. It, it only helped. That's really mm. interesting. We had Freddie Flintoff um, on, what, last year, wasn't it? He was on the mm. podcast. And we were talking to him about being an athlete, being a sportsman, and how his approach to sport, to the sport kind of changed when he became a dad. Because he was already, you know, high profile, you know, England yeah. cricketer when his first kid came along. And he said, interestingly, he's he. I think he had the same concerns as you. You know, like with a kid coming along, how's this going to affect my game, my my ability to play, da 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 da, da and focus. And he actually ex- explained that he felt he improved his performance because he said it was a, it was the sense of perspective. He said he'd go out on the on the cricket field, and you know, suddenly it was just like, well, actually, this is just a bunch of blokes dressed in white trousers throwing a ball at each other. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he said his batting just freed up. He'd been overthinking it, and he was able to just start playing his strokes and and. Um, and he said his batting average, I think, went up after he had his kid. So, did you? Is that something you relate to? That you had those concerns, but actually your performance improved. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I think it's because, for for me, it was because rowing was everything. Like we we trained three times a day, seven days a week, every day of the year. For I did that for seventeen years in total. But when I started having children. It, it was it was my life. It was absolutely everything I thought about at home, at work, on the water, everywhere. I was thinking about rowing and my performance and, and the, what I had to do to get better. But when the child came along, there was this whole much more important thing of like part of life to think about. So it separated my mm. working life from my home life. It gave me a break. It, more than anything, it gave me a, a mental break. So there was this line in the car park. Uh, of the rowing lake I, I would drive over the line it was a, like a metal grill where the where the gate comes across and it was a little bump in the car and every morning I think back to it now I can still feel that feeling drive over the line suddenly I'm in work mode I'm in rowing mode I'm thinking about rowing in the afternoon when I leave drive over that line that bump comes and then suddenly I'm thinking I'm forget about rowing forget yeah. about the stresses and strains yeah. and mm. the struggles I'm having and then it's on home and we barely ever talked about rowing when I was at home when we when we started having children yeah. um, and the other thing with that is that sorry this is just going on a little bit but That's the other thing was that in the mornings I would come down and come in the change room get to my place in the change room start getting changed and I'd hear all my mates all, all my crewmates or my sort of um competitors I suppose part of the year were competing against each other to earn a seat in the boat going oh I'm knackered oh I can't do this it's like changing room complaining yeah. you know yeah. everyone every sport does it I'm sure oh, I'm so tired I can't do this training today and I'd be thinking yeah but I know what you did yesterday you went home you sat on the sofa for three hours you had dinner you went to bed you had a good <laughs> night's sleep I went to the park I picked my kids up from school I went uh, didn't sleep all night because one of them's ill you know all these things I, I, I sat on the sofa for six months and and I'm going out to beat you today. Yeah. So it gave me this sort of motivation yeah. to... You, we've had this conversation, haven't we, mm. um, Rich, where we get to work and I go, I come over and see Rich and Rich's got his head in his hands. And go, oh my God, <laughs> last night, you know, Ben was like up four times in the night. And, you know, every night Jackson wakes up at midnight or around that time, calls out for me. I go upstairs, I pick him out of the bed, go into the spare room, we get in bed together yeah. and we sleep the rest of the night in there and then at six o'clock in the morning or just before he starts to stir and then starts talking to me. This morning he woke me up singing like wheels on the bus 
And I look around the office, and I'm sure there's lots of people in the office who have similar experiences. I also know that there's a lot that don't, yeah. and that they're kind of, you know, they're off, they finish work, and they're off to the pub straight from work, and then they, you know, go home and play on the computer, and maybe have, you know, have a, a meal, a later meal, or stay up yeah. playing computer games to whatever time at night, and then and then roll in, you know. And then tell everybody that they're tired. Yeah, exactly. And, you, and then every parent in the office wants to throttle them because, I mean, it's a classic thing, isn't it? You just want, you don't know what tired yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> I think, do you also feel that you, you start getting resentful of those people? Oh, I wish I could do that sometimes. No, I don't necessarily think about resentful. I think that sometimes I miss the flexibility mm. of just so... Only in the last couple of weeks, my wife and I have gone out for dinner, just the pair of us. And that's the first time for six months because it's difficult to find uh, a babysitter with both kids in the week, especially if they're not used to it, which they're not. And I I think, you know, tonight I'm off to, I'm not sure when we'll be putting this podcast out, but tonight I'm off to the football at Wembley and my wife is putting both kids to bed for the first time on her own. And Good I know it's going to be, yeah, I know, that, I mean, we might, this might be kind of, uh, might look back on this recording <laughs> after tonight in a different way. I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh, um, no, that, yeah, because you're not there. It'll be absolutely yeah, fine. Yeah, it will. But I mean, the other way, if it was the other way around, yeah. I'd be dreading it. Yeah. Of course you would. I, I find, to your, to your question, Alex, I find it, there's something quite reassuring about the routine. I like the fact, don't get me wrong, like, like Steve says, I want the... I would love to have the odd night where I go out. And actually, funnily enough, tonight I'm out as well. So there we go, boys on the town. Going to football as well? No, 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 awards do. All very fancy, darling, yeah. I was long, boring media nonsense, okay. nothing, nothing important. But the, the um, we, is that why you've got a clean white shirt? Indeed, on? it is. Because <laughs> the suit's I going on over see, the top of it. I did yeah. see that, and I thought, yeah, 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 it's yeah, not yeah. his usual sort no, of like exactly. you know four-year-old uh, Pierre Cardin. I've smartened myself up today, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, as much as I like having the odd night out and stuff, obviously because everybody needs a bit of downtime. In the same way, my wife went out last, last week with her friends for the first time, and God knows how long. Because I basically had to push her out the door, like go and have some you know time with your friends, just chill out. Because everyone needs that, but I do like that. I find it oddly reassuring that I am so dull. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that life is very boring, but I kind of enjoy it. Yeah. I, I, well, no, I do enjoy it. I, like, I really like it. Like I like going home and knowing what the deal is, right? You know, when you and you, it must be magnified for you with three kids, where because you, you have to have that sort of routine where you go, you almost do it in your sleep. You're doing this, I'm doing that. We know what's going on. Bedtime is tick, 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 tick down. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it it's quite. It, it, I find it quite comforting. Yeah, I, I came from a life of routine. It was absolute routine. It was of up course, a certain time, training, eating yeah. a certain amount, yeah. doing this training, doing that training, same every day. Yeah. And and then it disappeared when I finished, and I found that really hard to deal with. I found mm. the the lack of routine really in my in my general life really hard to deal with. That was probably one of the biggest challenges that I faced. But the family, that having the family is absolutely mm. the thing that's grounded me, kept me sort mm. of anchored. Mm. Uh, have you seen that's really that's a really interesting point because have you seen then guys that you've rode with for years who maybe at the same time you know as you have, have kind of their, their rowing careers come to an end and have maybe not had that guys who might be single or whatever and, and have maybe struggled 
to find that grounding. To, uh, uh, to absolutely, and mm. we and we read about it all the time with sports people mm. who who you know go off the rails or whatever. Mm. I see, I absolutely see how that happens. Mm. It's not sort of kind of over dramatizing and making the. Uh, a sporting life more important than it is it's just I think it is just the reality the nature you've, of the sporting life you've been you've yeah. become institutionalised yeah. and, and you're told what to do and then suddenly that's that freedom's gone how um, does your relationship with your kids changed because I guess they they are young but they would have have a memory certainly a couple of them probably of your strong routine and yeah. dad's really committed to this thing and then suddenly you've got loads of you know, did you did you have to find a way into their lives or, or how? Yeah, that's a really interesting. It's something we've talked about quite recently, actually, because I was away a lot. I was away uh, for, uh, you know, a couple of weeks every six weeks, say, or training camps, competitions, whatever, throughout the year, all year. And so Jasper, particularly our eldest, he, I missed a lot of his sort of early years, a lot of time um, when he was growing up. But now... It's made me realise how robust children are and how well they can adapt. Because now, I've come down to London today, and this morning I had a conversation with him, and he said, "Where are you going today?" And I said, "I'm going down to London." And he said, "Oh, you're not going to be here when I when I to pick me up from school, or you're not going to be here this evening for dinner." I was like, "No, but it's only a day." He's completely forgotten about mm. that time when I was away for weeks and weeks. Yeah. At time, how old was he when you? How old when you? I was about to say, "Hang up your boots." You're not a footballer. <laughs> how old was he when you hung up your oar? Uh, it's no, it's seven. So, oh right, okay. So it was yeah, that recent, yeah, of course, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, after the Rio Olympic, I keep forgetting the Rio Olympics was only the other day. Yeah, blimey. Um, so yeah, for him, so that was. What was it like for him when you won a gold medal? Did it at the age of seven? Was he able to compute that? He so he wasn't in Rio with us. He stayed at home and watched on TV. He was there in London, so he was. Six, five, four, three, three, three yeah. uh, ish, and he was there on the sideline. You know, we were racing just half an hour, twenty minutes from home. He was there on the sideline, and I hadn't seen him for eight weeks leading up to this race. Wow! And we crossed the line. We went through the medal ceremony. The, everything was going nuts around. It was yeah. amazing, amazing yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. But the moment came where I could meet my son for the first time after winning Olympic gold medal this is like a dream show, yeah. show my son what, what what I've done what I've been doing <laughs> what it's been for and I, he was running up to me down the side of the bank just a couple of metres from the water I knelt down and I said to him look look what I've got for you I had my Olympic gold medal in, in my hands and he took it in his hand he went that's not chocolate chucked it <laughs> over his shoulder onto the grass uh, gave me a massive hug and then <laughs> told me he needed a wee brilliant uh, so we had a little wee in the lake and back brilliant. to reality Straight that's like away. the grounding you're talking about yeah. isn't it it's like oh right you, oh you think you're a big shot do you daddy well get me some chocolate yeah. exactly yeah. Um, Alex we, we mentioned the book at the beginning as well about this idea about being outside with your kids I, w- w- have you always been outside with your kids yeah we, we've tried to and I've just talked about being away a lot. You live outside London, presumably, so yeah. there's, some, there's some green space around you. Yeah, we're really lucky. We live in a little village outside. We rent a house in a little village, and, and it's always been one of our requirements as a family to have space, to try and have space where we can just walk outside. We've always tried to do that because of both of our, Emily and I's upbringings, I suppose, and our interests in the natural world and being outside. And um, being away a lot made, me, made us realise that the time was precious. Time was so precious to us the time that I was at home. So we always tried to make the most of time. Mm. The best way that I knew how to make the most of time was 
to do stuff outdoors. It's what my parents did with me. All my memories from childhood, all the most treasured memories were really basic little things that we used to do in the garden. Like, I remember I was really young. Dad dug, dug a hole for me in the garden, in the grass, in the, in the grass, straight down. It felt the deepest hole in the world. It was so exciting to be in that hole, cover my head. You know, it was that deep, down to Australia. And that, that was just, it cost nothing. It cost yeah. 20 minutes of dad's time to dig that hole. But that has lasted with me forever. That was a precious moment with mm. him. Putting up the tent in the garden, climbing a tree, going yeah. up a hill. You know, all these little things are, are treasured memories that I had. So what we, we've been trying to give those to our kids because we haven't had much money. Mm. It, rowing isn't a sport that plays <laughs> at all. Yeah, as you said, you're not a footballer. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we had to do things yeah. just off our own back. And... Um, and so, yeah, getting outside was, was the way. It's, to a, do that. it's a really interesting point there about how easy it is because I think, and now I'm a London boy, I've lived in London my entire life. I live in East London now with my wife and my kid. We have a little garden, nothing to write home about, not a lot yeah. of space. But to me, the, the outdoor thing, and perhaps, and this is mistakenly on my part, it always seems to involve doing something. It always seems to involve that you have to. I don't know, go to a specific place or drive somewhere or do this or do that. And the, the example you gave there, just digging a hole in the garden. Yeah. And, and the fact is, my son is of an age where he doesn't need to go to someone with all the bells and whistles and all the fancy no, stuff. No. It can literally be like if I'm running in circles in the garden for 20 minutes, he thinks that's hilarious. That is. So it's, it's that type of thing, isn't it? That's, that's the point. And, and it doesn't have to be difficult. Outside, outdoors, there's always, wherever you are, in, in the middle of the city, yeah. walking down the street, there's always something to look at and point out. And I, I, it's only since writing this book I realised what a gift my dad gave me. He was forever pointing things out. Look at, look at that uh, cloud. Look at that sunset. Look at that mm. tree. He didn't always know what, what it was. Mm. Uh, but he was always pointing things out. It made me notice things. Yeah. And uh, so what we try and do now, what, and what I talk about in the book is kids are in, just innately interested in things. Mm. And it's us that stop yeah. them being interested in things because mm -hmm. we might not be interested in things. So you can go into your tiny little garden, mm -hmm. point, go in, dig, yeah. pull away the grass a little bit, yeah. and there's insects in there. Point those things out. When when our kids start noticing, start noticing things, seeing these things, seeing you interested in these things, yeah. then they start to care about these things. The litter down the street, point out litter down the street. When they start noticing it and go, you know, oh, that's not very nice, is it? That that ant. Has got litter in his home, yeah. then they start caring about it, and they start yeah. wanting to look after it and protect it. And mm. I really do think that that is sort of a cycle mm. that we we can change with our young. You're you're absolutely kids. right in what you yeah. say about that. The whole world is big to them. Yeah, everything is big to them, and so therefore the small stuff in the garden, like Jackson will pick up, lift up a bush, and there'll be slugs, and he'll be like, "Look, Daddy, look, there's a snail, there's a slug, he's, or there's an empty snail shell," and he's like, "He's lost his home." Yeah. And that kind of detail, or he'll be picking up ants. I mean, we, we've had this ladybird influx yeah. recently, and there's been loads in his room coming through the sash window, and he's been collecting them in a pot um, on the side. And so he comes home from nursery and goes upstairs to see if there's any more ladybirds that he can put in his pot. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just, he's, he's just interested in it. Like, yeah. like we had this wonderful uh, moment over the uh, weekend where we were sat in his room. His room's at the top of our house. Um, and it was the evening, it was dark. We had the, all the lights off upstairs, it was pitch dark, had his curtains open. We were watching the fireworks through the trees, yeah. and he was asking about fireworks. What, and I was like, explaining they're rockets. And then he obviously thinks rocket, it's like a rocket with a man in going. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, but the, 
if you just talk to them, mm. yeah, they get as interested. That's half the battle, isn't it? It's talking to them and, and points that like Ben just wants to go outside. He doesn't want to go anywhere. Yeah. But the amount of times where you know, do you I want mean, to go outside? Though, well, that, that's the thing. And so sometimes I realise all I have to do. And this is exactly to your point, and I guess the point of the book, is that I don't have to put him in the car and drive to Epping Forest, which is up the road from us. It is literally sometimes he just wants to go outside. So we literally just we put our shoes on and we go outside, and he's just pointing at the door, outside, outside, outside. Yeah. And we'll go and walk up and down the street. Or there's a tiny little park across, like sort of across the way from us, which isn't, you know, he, he couldn't spend ages in there because there's not an awful lot to do. But he doesn't need to, you know, and it, it is literally just pointing at Half stuff. An and sometimes, enough, isn't it? And the amazing thing, it's like you said, if you just talk to him and you kind of pointing stuff out, it's got to the point where he notices things before I do. Yeah. So he's pointing at something, he's trying to say the word squirrel. I'm like, what? And then I realise he's saying squirrel. I'm like, oh yeah, there is a squirrel in the tree. Yeah. You know, so it's like they, they develop yeah. that observation so quickly. You know. Yeah, to convince Jackson to go out when he doesn't want to, we do the, we're going to see some dogs, we're going to see some cats. How many cats can we spot? Because we yeah. live like around and there's loads of streets and you see the cats. If you get a certain time in the morning, about half past eight, nine o'clock in the morning, all the cats are coming back for their breakfast. Mm. So they're all sat on the corners and, you know, I think we counted like 12 cats the other day. <laughs> and he just likes to go and do that and he spots one. There's one under the car that, you know, just, just yeah. to get outside. Um, I was just going to say, because uh, that's another thing. Sometimes you can go out with no, with no reason, no, mm. no purpose because our children want to do that mm. uh, and sometimes you can sometimes you can't but that's that's fine but w- with my book I'm trying to give people a, a purpose to just make that step out the front door like going out to see the cats it's the, sometimes the hardest thing is just opening the door yeah. and even when it you know when the weather's not great when it's winter mm. what, what's it gonna you get, might get a little bit cold a little bit wet but before you know it you'll be you can go down the pub you can come back in your living room you'll get dry and warm but they'll have had a little bit of time yeah, outside yeah, yeah. So, so I'm trying in this book to give people ideas to just make that intention to get out the front door yeah. sometimes it does make your life easier I can think of countless occasions where let's say on a Saturday morning it's raining outside or it's cold or, and he's been up since half five and we've been having you know and he's been having one of his mornings you know tantrums and tantrums and tantrums and I'm losing my temper and he's losing my temper and my wife's getting irritated with me for losing my temper and, and it, you know the cycle is and it's building and building and building and then literally it gets to sort of 8.30 and we've had three hours of this nonsense and I finally chuck him in the buggy or just pick him up and carry him on my shoulder out the door and it's like that yeah. and suddenly yeah. he's okay and you think oh right so if we'd have just gone out the door at 5.30 this would all, that we, we could <laughs> yeah. have avoided all of that nonsense but sometimes that's all they need they just want to get outdoors yeah Totally same agree. as an adult isn't it sometimes you feel like you just need to go for a walk <laughs> yeah. I just need to go for a walk even if it's just walk down say walk down the lift go down the lift to the uh, mall below go and walk to a further pret than the one you normally go to <laughs> yeah. buy your coffee and come back that's enough just to just yeah. to change your mindset and, and, and uh, yeah so what format does the book take Alex is the idea that are you sort of proposing, making suggestions for what people can do outdoors with their kids? Yeah, so so it's divided into chapters based on time. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the first chapter is after school activities. So it's you know when you pick up your child from school, and then the next point in the day is dinner time. Mm-hmm. There's this big gap of maybe a couple of hours where no one knows what to do. It's like put the telly on, come home, put the TV on. I, I, it's, Do you put the never, telly on? I just, well, I'm, I mean, always, I'm, cu- I'm always curious. The reality yeah. is, of course good, we do. Good. Of, of course we do. We we watch too much TV and we watch too much iPhones because it's the easiest thing to do. Yeah, and yeah. we're all addicted to it. And 
that's the reality and sometimes of life it does right give now. you an easy life it does it does I, I always do find though I, I, I do get frustrated myself and we get frustrated in our house when we do that because it's never the best option yeah. the best option I think is to on the way home from school stop in a lay-by stop at the park just for five minutes take a longer slightly more you know a longer route home detour home whatever go um, and so so you mentioned ladybirds just now one of the best memories that I have with my daughter is one day in the summer I just picked her up from school just her it was just I just wanted to do it just me and her we didn't have any time together just me and her so picked her up we stopped on a in a lay-by on the way home but at the edge of a field and we had this beautiful view out and we'd got an ice cream on the way it was just a little bit of me and her time we, we sat on the bonnet of my car and five minutes after sitting there this this cloud of ladybirds came across us this enormous cloud they started hitting us they were tangled in her hair they were all over our car and we just parked in the path of a swarm of ladybirds and it was <laughs> the most nice. bizarre thing <laughs> i've you, never had that happen to me that's, that's mental it was it yeah. was it was absolutely mental but we were in hysterics we were laughing they were in our ice creams yeah, yeah, yeah. and daisy and i we still talk about that was a couple yeah. of years ago we still talk about that and it was just because we stopped on the way home yeah. and then and then then i think you can go home and watch tv till mm. dinner's ready yeah mm. you, you, if you balance up these yeah. things yeah yeah that's it even it? when it's raining yeah yeah i mean some what you said earlier really struck a chord about memories of childhood being outside i mean i've got memories of my dad um getting home from work he would get to the station he'd walk across the station car park and then there'd be like a dishes railway line that ran down the back of our house so great outside space but he'd come home and say there were foxes in the in the car park because you know there's that sort of you know, empty car park near yeah. woods there's often foxes knocking around looking for stuff in front of the car so I then started wanting to go meet him because there might you might oh, see foxes yeah. and I became interested in animals and so my parents took us on a holiday in a you know one of these mobile home things around Scottish Highlands and you know looking for deer on the side of you know the, the mountain sides and you know we parked at a caravan park and my mum and I walked down to the beach and there were seals in the water yeah. You know, real, you know, proper, proper natural, not quite David Attenborough levels, but, you know, nonetheless, we'd see, saw some eagles. I think we, there was an osprey. We saw some osprey yeah. and looking for these things. And it's, I've always been interested in seeing that kind of stuff when I've gone on holiday, want to see the animals. And Jackson's picked it up. He wants to see the animals. All his books that he likes are about animals. He wants stories about animals. Mm. So it, the animals in London become foxes and squirrels. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, you see the odd rat yeah. and he, you know, there's rats in there, dad, because yeah. he's seen a rat come out of a bin or something like that. But it, it, he's, you can see it picking up and it's a lovely experience to share when you're the thing that gives you a little bit of a nostalgic, yeah. you know, shot in the arm of my childhood. You see him enjoying the same sort of I, I had exactly that just this, this past weekend. We were over at my mum and dad's with my, with my brothers and, and their families and, um, just having some lunch because of my dad's birthday and we were in the park next door to my mum and dad's house where of course I was as a kid and at, uh, at one point um, Lindsay my wife and I took Ben out we were just going to go up the road and get a quick coffee and we cut through the park and I'm watching Ben run across this patch of, this big patch of grass and thinking that's where me and my little brother used to play yeah. and it is and it, is, it, it does give it sort of, you know it's a bit of a genuinely heartwarming moment when you think god that's him and he's running around the leaves and I'm thinking god 30 years ago that was me in that exact same spot Doing the same thing, kicking the leaves around and all that stuff. 
And there, it's it, yeah, it's like, you're right. You, you kind of like that. You know, it's a bit cheesy, mm. but that old circle of life stuff. You know, it's mm. uh, it is that, that that's that's what nostalgia is, isn't it? That's what that's why we all enjoy it. Mm. Um, and it's yeah. got to be good for kids' mental health as well. You know, we 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 spoke a little bit about computers on the, on the way up up here, Alex. But this idea of social media is now around, and and sort of this sort of internalizing of everything. Everything seems to be coming very very condensed. Um, and it must be good for kids to have an outlet. Yeah, I think I think we can't we can't get away from. Our, I don't. I do worry about what my kids are going to be exposed to and mm. involved involved in with the digital world. But we can't get away from it, and I think we have to embrace it. And Jasper now mm. does homework. Did does lessons on homework on the iPad. Mm. So this te- te- uh, technical world or technological world. Uh, I think we have to embrace, but I, my feeling is that we have to. What I'm trying to do with this book is balance it up, yeah. and as long as as long as they're learning, there's so much to learn. That the skills of movement and balance and activity and fresh air and thinking and observing mm. outside, as long as you can balance that up with the I, stuff yeah. you do inside. I, I've always, and we, we on the podcast we've talked in loads of different episodes about screen time, about you know the concerns around the digital age and how it affects kids and stuff I'm one of those people I'm always very I'm very wary of trying to demonise the whole concept of being in front of a screen or being online or whatever it might be as someone that works for mirror.co.uk you have to be slightly careful about saying how bad the internet is (laughs) I hadn't even thought of that but yeah it's very well put Um, (laughs) but I think yeah, because to me, you know, it, I, I think we can focus it too much on saying this is kind of this generation's, you know, problem, or whatever. I remember, I remember perfectly well being six, seven years old when that house I was talking about, mum and dad's house that that I was at at the weekend. We moved into that house when I was six years old, right? And it's next door to a park. And I remember vividly, almost on a nightly basis, my dad coming in the door from work, and if me and my brother, particularly, and this would be in the summer, if me and my brother were sitting in front of the TV which we were every night by, by whatever time it was, he'd then come in and he'd lose his rag. I didn't get this bloody house so you two could sit in and play. Get out in that park, man. And, you know, <laughs> virtually like flinging us out. Go and play in that bloody park. You know, that, um, so I, I think there's a thing where, you know, we can almost focus it. We almost focus it on it as a sort of very modern contemporary issue. This is a thing that, you know, we all did as kids. We would have all sat around mm. and watched TV and we yeah. would have all been told by our parents to go out and bloody play. You know, I mean, it's a it's an ongoing thing. Mm. Isn't it? I think there's a bit the computer thing. I think there's, you know, the the worries about bullying, online bullying. I think that there's a generation a of kids that are yeah. going through it at the moment. I yeah. think that that will disappear as control was coming because, because the whole digital world is so marketing consumer it's about selling stuff it's such important medium for, for companies to better sell their business they can't afford for it to be tainted yeah so they will make sure that there's some controls that come in which will stop that and our kids will become so used to using it as their way of consuming like goods and services and stuff that it it, it won't matter in the same way that we think it's going to but what it might do is it means that our interactions with people face to face starts to start to fall mm. away yeah. so you won't get kids going out on you know cub camps in the same way i don't think because they have an online community and we mentioned the the f word didn't we Fortnite yeah. um on the way <laughs> on the way up and that kind of thing strikes me as that's where you know i sit i sit with some somebody and they talk about you know playing computer games until you know two o'clock in the morning and they're you know in their early 40s and they go into this world and they yeah. have that they don't say don't do it for the gameplay 
I do it for the interaction with people that I'm playing with. And I think, well, that's like, so that feels really alien to me. Mm. That idea that you've got your, your, your friend, I mean, I might sound like some dinosaur, somebody, <laughs> said, but, but that idea that your, your preferred method of socialising is, is done via screens mm. rather than physically being outside and interacting with people. Yeah, I guess it's just the evolution of the of life now, isn't it? Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm a dinosaur as well, but I still want to hold on to those phrases that we hear quite often. Mm. Oh, when I was a lad, I used to go be in the woods all day and yeah. mm. that sort of thing. I still want to hold on to that a little bit. I, but, yeah. And do you get a bit like that with the kids? Then are you turning into one of those dads? Like back in my day, we would be out in the woods and the <laughs> without without. I, 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 I Sounds like your kids are outside dad. quite a lot. I can hear. They, well, they are. They are, but. Never as never as much as I want to be, no. I think. And but, but but then but then there's times when I just want to sit in and not go outside as well. Are you about I'm, to say I'm you're turning into your dad? I am turning into my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's inevitable. I've never. I he didn't do a bad job though. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm 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 okay with it. But there's things. Oh, I just went to my brother stag do, and I just dad was there, and I just couldn't believe everything he was saying. I was thinking of saying. <laughs> 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 Because it was just like two versions of him there. <laughs> it's terrifying. We're all doing it. And I guess we're all of a fairly similar-ish age where, I mean, this is just how life goes. I, I do it now when I'm driving. I've noticed that I started doing this thing where I'm like pointing at people. You just stay there as a bloke's trying to pull out. And I did it, the first time I did it, I was like, that's dad. Where the hell did that come from? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's terrifying. But I think it's inevitable. I don't think we can fight it, can we? No, 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 no. But we, if you're listening to this and you want to... Um, uh, some ideas about what to do with your kids Alex how do we get this person that's listening to us that's sort of like doesn't quite know how to start getting their kids outdoors and their kids like maybe you know same age as your youngest what kind of what kind of things would you say just to get 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 you moving yeah get get you moving well as, as we sort of talked about young kids are interested in everything anything you do I think anything you do outside they will be engaged mm. with and interested in uh, kids love climbing and so one of my chapters one of the chapters so the, the book is divided into time after school activities two hour, half hour two hour activities half day full day overnight expeditions so a bit longer like camping something like that but the, the final chapter is about pushing away from land and I spent my life pushing away from land I have this image in my head of my fingertips leaving the dock in the morning mm. and uh, push yeah, away yeah. my rowing boat and I'm, I'm, I'm separated from life and everything from solid ground from all the stresses and strains of, uh, and I'm focused on that movement. And I think that is something really nice that, that adults benefit from now. Mm. We, we all would benefit from and, and children do as well. It doesn't have to be over water either. So I talk about getting in a little blow up canoe or a paddleboard are really popular now. But if water's too scary or daunting to start with, one foot off the ground in the branch of a tree or one or sitting on a wall having a cup of tea, having a hot chocolate with your young child yeah. is mm. like a whole adventure to these little people. Mm. They sit there, suddenly you're, there's a little bit of risk. Yeah. They're learning a little bit about balance. That, that you're, they're engaged with you. They're listening to you. You're having a conversation with them. They're eating a little snack or a mm. hot chocolate yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. It takes you away from normality and it creates this really easy, completely free little adventure yeah. that you can have together so on your way home from nursery next time take a couple of apples <laughs> halfway between house and nursery or nursery in the house stop get the kid out of the buggy sit yep. on a wall yep. have an apple each yep. 
and just sit there and watch mm. watch things happen for a little yeah. while. And I suppose it comes back to exactly what we said earlier that this doesn't have to be complicated. Quite the opposite. Don't. These are these are so these are wonderfully simple little things that to to many people you wouldn't even consider that doing something with your kid. That's just yeah. kind of walking your kid home from from nursery, for instance. But you can turn it into an adventure mm. because that's how the child's mind works. Yeah, we we just have to take our minds back to childhood mm. and how exciting everything mm. is mm. for slightly older children so one of the things that we like to do with our older children now they have reading to do after school so it's, I love this particularly when it's raining and it's a kind of as an adult you think you, you would just never do this as an adult unless you're kind of um, eccentric maybe but you take a little tarpaulin or just a, a big coat or something and sit in at the edge of a park, huddle down under it. Mm. So you, you've created this little den. Mm. Adults love dens. Men love sheds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Women it's love true. bedroom. You I've know. got a cellar. Brilliant. A cellar, cellar. <laughs> we love dens. Kids, the most exciting things for kids are dens. So a little bit of plastic tarpaulin or coat, sit in the side of a park, do the read, do your homework reading. And, you, you, and suddenly your children remember that bit of the book more than any other bits of the book and when it's raining it's even more exciting you mm. see things that you don't see otherwise you see people people don't notice you you see mm. animals that you, you just create this little, little world this little adventure um, it's nice really like it. it's a really nice I like idea I'm, I like I'm aware we've, we've run out of time Alex but that, <laughs> that has um, that, I feel like I've learned something actually in terms of like I said at the start, I've always assumed that going outside has to be a thing. And that's the whole point, isn't it? It doesn't have to be a thing. It can just be, you go out the back door for yeah. three minutes. And that's being outdoors. And that's an adventure for Ben. I'm well, going to remember that. Well, when I got the book, it made me, inspired me to kick on to what we were already doing, to just do it a bit more. Mm. Just like, put, get Jackson put his wellies on, like you say, and just walk down a little pathway. Yeah. And what can we see? What's on the floor? What's to pick up? Don't, obviously, don't pick that up. Being, <laughs> being don't the, pick that up. But yeah. there are certain things, and it's, that's what's nice about the book. And I'm looking forward to the, the point at which Jackson and I are going away overnight to do stuff. Yeah. You know, we've got I've got my old Glastonbury tent. We'll have to stick it up in the garden in the summer and get him into uh, get him into a bit of a bit of overnight camping outside. <laughs> there you go. Nice. nice. And it, I must also say, it's been very nice to have a double Olympic gold medalist on the podcast. Our first gold medalist? Yeah, our first gold medalist, definitely. First of many, hopefully. I appreciate the invitation. Thanks very much for having me. Great. Uh, And if you've liked what you listen to, uh, listeners, please give us, drop us a line at firsttimedads at reachplc.com or leave us, better still, leave us a nice review on uh, iTunes uh, because it'll help other people find us and that's what we're all about, spreading the the good dad news. Yeah, that would be very, very helpful. Right, thanks again for listening and um, we'll catch up with you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.